It's time for the Moving the Chains podcast. Your home for high school football coverage in the Palmetto State. Every team, every game, every week. And now, your hosts, Kevin Thomas and John Epps. Weekend of Champions preview show, John. The season has literally flown by. We have a huge three days of football this year coming up this weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I miss the, I'm along the days of the old Weekend of Champions where you have the, what was the big 16 game on Friday night at Williams Bryce, of course, and then Saturday morning, all day. I think it started out, I think it went 1A, 10 a.m., 4A, which is was really what's 5A now, but not the Big 16, was uh, about 132, and then you had uh, 2A, and then the nightcap was the Big 3A game, which would have been, of course, Daniel Cannon. Uh, always an exciting classification, but a, a good lineup. But hey, we got three days. Um, I get, I guess the silver lining is we can't be mad about multiple days of football. That's right. That's right. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll be down there at least for uh, the first couple of days. Working on Saturday still. We're going to definitely be there for Thursday and Friday, though. It's good stuff there. But this is you guys. First time tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, we're here on Facebook Live every Tuesday night with the preview show. Facebook backslash Moving Chains. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Moving Chains. We know B-I-N-C-H-A-I-N-S. We do a recap show on Sundays. It comes out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We do uh, interviews throughout the week. They usually come out on Facebook and, and also our podcast platform. Same with this show here. So definitely check us out. On all of our different areas, we've got some good stuff coming up for you guys on Twitter and Instagram as well. So definitely tune in to all of them. John, any uh, any final words here you want to go through before we kind of get into some of these some of these games here? I feel like, you know, we talked at the beginning of the year for sure. We talked about our predictions and mm-hmm. how we went through each classification. And for a lot of them, we were like, well, I think this is far away the number one team in the state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went through and we're like, I think this is far away the number one team in lower state. Far away mm-hmm. best team in upper state. And here we are, here at the end of the road, and not all those teams are here. No. We have had no. some incredible surprises. We've had some some teams get really hot. We've had some upsets. Uh, it's really, really been fun to keep up with the last few weeks. Um, you know, the regular season aside, just the playoffs itself has been so exciting with the upsets and, and uh, teams we just didn't expect to be here are here. It's, uh, yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah, well, let's get rolling here in 5A, John. These are two teams that we did expect to be there. Yes. The Gaffney Indians and the Dutch Fork Silver Foxes. This is going to be a whale of a ball game. You know, two of the top three teams in the polls all season long, along with Fort Dorchester, who was there. Dutch Fork consensus number one all year long. Gaffney was just sitting there at number three, John. Gaffney coming off a big victory over Spartanburg, 56-34, a game where they were down at half, 24-21. You know, it came out 
fire in third quarter, 21-0 third quarter. They really kind of blew them out after that point forward. Dutch Fork's in a dogfight with Fort Dorchester, 21-14. They took an early 14-0 lead. Dutch Fork outplayed it from that point forward and went, you know, won the game 14-7 from that point forward. But 14-0 Gaffney, 13-0 Dutch Fork, John. I mean, just two powerhouse programs here. Yeah, and, you know, you like Dutch Fork, of course, for how well they've played all year, how well they've played for the last few years. Yeah. But, you know, I would typically just go straight out and say, yeah, Dutch Fork's probably going to win this game by 7-10. or 10. I think I honestly think this game is going to come down. It's going to be one of those games that's going to come down. We're going after the game. We're going to go, man. It was that one play. Yeah. That one play is why Gaffney won, or that one play is why Dutch Fork won this game. I think it's going to be that close. And I think a big reason is, you know, uh, hearing talk after after Friday's game at Sport Dorchester last week too. Dutch Fork, they are not a hundred percent healthy, and it, mm-hmm. no one probably is a hundred percent healthy at this point in time, but. You know, hearing Coach Knotts talk about it, and he admitted it. He said, man, they're banged up. He said they were banged up going to the Fort Dorchester game. You know, it was a super physical game that they had against a very good defense in Sumter uh, the week prior. And, they, you know, they said Fort Dorchester was equally or more physical than Sumter was, and, and, and they're just beat up from it. And Gaffney, here they are. They got to cruise a little bit Friday. You know, I don't know how much they rested in. Not starters. the first half they didn't cruise in. Yeah, not the first half. <laughs> but, you know, they were able to, to take it easy a little bit at, at the end of that game, and they seem like they're more fresh mm-hmm. coming to this ball game than Dutch Fork is. And I, I think Gavin's got to have some things go their way. But the fact that I think they are more fresh and they they may have a little more pop in their step than Dutch Fork after two very physical games. You know, we talked about You mentioned this a lot, you know. Dutch Fork hasn't played a fourth quarter game all year. Yeah. They did. They did last right, week. Had to. And, and I, you guys probably covered it in, in Saturday's show. One of those touchdowns they had was a 98-yard touchdown on Antonio Will. Yeah, first first drive, second half, I think, yeah. or second drive, second half. A big play. They don't have that big play. They may not win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, but they did, and that's why why they're so good. But I think this is going to be a one-play kind of game. I'm really excited about this one. But I don't know. Is it going to be low scoring? Is it going to be high scoring? I don't know. Hard to say, you know. I've got some stats on that here. If you look at look at these two teams, Gaffney averaging thirty eight points per game on offense, allowing seventeen on defense. Dutch Fork averaging fifty two on offense, John eleven on defense. So both teams, I mean, pretty big spread there on both sides, really. We did mention here with Gaffney has so many playmakers. You know, Grayson Loftus and Tyler Smith and Ken Littlejohn and Edward Jeffries and Landon Bullock and Nathan Johnson and you know Jesus Dowdle and Eddie Tate McDowell and Marquise Bradley and Bray Sean Littlejohn. I'm sure I left out three or four guys. They got town over the field. So does Dutch Fork. You know, Davin Patterson, uh, Jarvis Green, Antonio Williams. They got the Soul Kid. They got Wicker and Danley and Perry on defense. Both teams have just Division One talent all across the board. You mentioned that Dutch Fork, you know, being beat up. And that's one thing that kind of worries me, too. You know, Jarvis Green had two early touchdowns last week. Kind of got banged up second half. I don't know if he's 100% or not. That's been something that kind of scares me there. Um, but another thing we haven't mentioned yet, John, is that this game was supposed to happen in week one. You know, this game got canceled with Jack Alcatiba, untimely death there for Dutch Fork. The game got postponed. But glad we get to see it now. Um, obviously, you hate the circumstances of what happened there in week one, but glad we get to finally see this game now. A um, couple points that I've written down here, John, is that we mentioned it the last few weeks. That Gaffney defense and special teams has been so opportunistic. Like, you know, blocking punts, you know, recovering a muff punt, a pick at a big time, a fumble, whatever. That type of stuff makes or breaks championship games. If they can have one of those, maybe two of those, 
they got a really good shot to win this one, I think. You know, if they don't do it against Northwestern, they're probably not here. Exactly right. Northwestern might be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it wins ball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's special teams are special. They don't get talked about enough. Uh, and it's not a problem until you, you, you goof it up. Right, you know? exactly. Nobody knows uh, until that yeah, point. I guarantee you, Northwestern, they're going to be practicing a ton of special teams um, before they get ready for next season. But it's a, it's a huge part of the game. And, you know, Dutch Fort does everything well. Mm-hmm. They play defense well. They hit you hard. Uh, you know, they got solid quarterback play. They got playmakers on the outside. Green, obviously, a, a great player. But for me, I, I think it's, hey, Gaffney, what are they bad at? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's not defense. It's not quarterback. It's not running the ball. It's not athletes. It's sure as heck it's not special teams. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a quite an easy matchup. And, and I, I'm just worried about um, how healthy. Dutch Fork is coming into this game, and you know, for Gaffney, you know, being physical and, and coming out and, and, and hitting them, that's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be a problem for those boys, not one bit. Um, they're going to look forward to that. I think they're going to rush that. And they've heard, they've probably heard everything that we've heard. Yeah. You know, they, they know that, hey, Dutch Fork, they might be, they might be a little wary. Let's go out and let's try to hit them right in the mouth, right off the bat. Uh, I, I think it's, I'm really, really excited about this game, more so than I would have been. Two, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I do want to mention this. I know we mentioned Gaffney special teams. Antonio Williams in the punt return game is special as well. I think he's taken three or four to the house this year. So that's another thing on Dutch Fork's side where if they get a big play out of him, that's just a gravy for those guys. But definitely something you got to watch out for if you're a Gaffney Indian is that punt that punt return game by Antonio Williams. But, you know, Gaffney has some – they have some bullet point material too. Like they know Dutch Fork's going for six in a row. They heard what the Fort Dorchester coach said last week after the game where he said that those two teams were playing for state, Fort Dorchester yeah. and, yeah. and Dutch Fork, and the rest of the guys were not even show up. I'm sure Gaffney heard that. Gaffney's tired of that. Gaffney's tired of a 62 game unbeaten streak or whatever, you know, Dutch Fork has all that stuff. They're hearing, hearing all of that. And one thing that I like a lot about Gaffney right now is that I feel like Grayson Loftus is playing his best football. He had his, probably his best game last week for four touchdowns, 250 plus. That was a, a question mark for me earlier in the year. Like we knew he had the talent, we knew he could get it done, but there were some games where he just, you know, made some. You know, not the smartest throws here and there. It's not like last week he played very well. And then, you know, protecting him up front, we heard Coach Knox mentioning in the press conference, Gaffney has the best of line they've seen. Those guys are big, they're physical, and we know what Tyler Smith could do running the ball. Just a stud there, stud there, stud there. But, oh, man, it's it's tough to pick in such four. They're five-time champs in a row for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah it's like, uh, you know, we're going to see Alabama play Georgia, and it's like, Gosh, I think Georgia's got a good chance, but until they beat Alabama, like, you got to see it and believe it, right? You got to see it and believe it. got to see somebody knock off. Mm-hmm. And really what we could say is we're going to see Gaffney knock off Dutch Fork again yeah. before we believe it because you know, I don't know what game they lost before that, but that's 62. Yeah. That is marked by Gaffney. That yeah. was their last loss as well. Um, and, you know, we were we listened to the press conference earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Those Gaffney kids – they got to sit there and listen to it. Yeah, you know, coach, you you've won sixty two games, coach. What, what, seven years, seven championships in South Carolina, seven in North Carolina. They got to listen to that. Um, so they're gonna be fired up and ready to go. This is gonna be a really, this could be best ball game of the weekend. One thing that we're looking forward to is the matchup between Antonio Williams and Gaffney's Marquise Bradley. He's a kid with a big time corner, big player. He's getting some looks, getting some D one looks. We obviously know Antonio Williams, maybe the best player in the state, possibly. You know, getting offers from. Over to Clemson to literally everywhere. Um, he'll get a look from, from whoever wants to, whoever he wants to go to will give him an option pretty much, it seems like. But then Bradley, if he can, you know, shut down Antonio somewhat, which I know is a 
tall, tall task. If you take away Antonio Williams, and if Green is a little bit banged up, does Fort then you start you start to look around like you know who do we go to now? Is it Soul? Who do we look at? Do we let Patterson run more? So that'll be a fun matchup there watching Marquise Bradley and uh, Antonio Williams go at it. But John, I think when it comes down to it, man, it's like you said, it's just tough to pick against Dutch Fort until somebody beats him. Yeah, and and I can't do it. I yeah. can't do it. Um, and I know Gaffney is all fired up, but you know it's Gaffney wins this game. I'm not at all surprised. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised. Um, you know, Dutch Fort's going to lose a game. Yep, it's going to happen. Someone's going to beat them, um, and it, it very well could be this weekend. Um, you know, and I think if Gaffney does beat them, and, and not take anything away from Gaffney, you know, it's a big reason why they're healthy coming this game. Mm-hmm. That's that's them. But I think, uh, you know, I don't know how much shred is still on tires for for uh, for Dutch Fort, especially Jarvis Green, because such a big part of that offense. If if Gaffney can say, listen, priority number one. We're going to shut down Antonio Williams. Yeah. You know, and if Jarvis Green's on 100%, you, you got a little bit of leeway. It'll be interesting to see what Gaffney does to start the game, what their their scheme is defensively, what they try to shut down first. Typically, you want to shut down the run. Yeah. That's what you want to do uh, typically. But in this situ- situation, you know, maybe you, maybe you try to shut down that pass first and, and see if you can make them run the ball. Um, you got physical defense. You like your odds stopping the run too. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go Dutch Fork in a close one. I think it really comes down to maybe who makes a, a, a pick or a fumble recovery, or maybe you get a big special play, whatever it is. I think Dutch Fork in a close one, maybe a one score game, 31 28, 35 28, somewhere in that ballpark. But I like Silver Fox is close, but if Gaffney wins it, would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm gonna say one score game. I'm gonna say a one play game. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be pretty clear. Yep. Once all of a sudden down, we're gonna be like that play. Yep. That's the play that changed the game. Quick shout out, Kevron, Patrick, Tyrell, Greg, Devonte, David, JD's in here. Al's in here. Haley, appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want to comment on this stuff, stuff, let us know for sure. Uh, we'll have a fun time chatting with you guys tonight. Patrick says typical Gaffney fashion, talking about the game last week. Let's go Indians. Kevron says War Eagles on that gray. We'll get to gray here in a little bit. Tyrell said he's sad to see the Lakeview season end so soon. They should be practicing this week. They'll be back next year. Hey, man, Lakeview, they'll be back soon. They've got a lot of talent there. The Wild Gators always do, so that'll be fun. But, John, let's move now down into 4A, a matchup that going into the playoffs, I don't think anybody really saw this as a state championship game here, and that's South Point against Buford. Yeah, this has been, you know, Buford, what an incredible run. Uh, awesome job by them. And, gosh, I mean, just to just to touch on Buford, Fred, we'll talk about South Point, of course, but to touch on Buford, they just haven't they haven't bumped into this. They haven't just backed their way yeah. in to this position. You look at where they started out. They played South Florence, a team that we were very high mm-hmm. on early in the season. They suffered some injuries, but they were still really good. They beat those guys by two scores in the first game. Then they go and blow out North Augusta 42-10. And then they beat who we thought was going to run away with the who I thought was going to run away with this state championship. Myrtle Beach. Go on the road, a long road trip from Buford up to the Grand Strand. Beat Myrtle Beach. They forced him to an ugly two-point play at the end of the game. Yes. To win that ball game. And then last week, they closed it out by blowing out a really, really good West Florence team. 42 mm-hmm. to 10. I mean, they're just doing everything right. They can they run the ball really, really well, but they can also pass the ball. They're not yep. scared to throw, put the ball in the air. Uh, they're obviously very well coached. And a coach that... 
Devontae Halloween, coach at South Point, is very familiar with. They mm-hmm. actually coached together. He hired. Yeah, uh, Lebr- that's right. Le- the, that's right. LeBrand. Lebrand. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Um, so they're familiar with one another. So it'll be interesting to see that storyline, how that plays out. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You're hard-pressed to find a team that's been more impressive statewide yeah. in the playoffs outside of Beaufort. Yeah, and I'll get back to that there in a second there. Uh, South Point averaging 35 points on offense, 19 on defense. Beaufort 31-13. and 13. What I want to mention there about that, you know, John, impressed me about Buford is they've won against a lot of different styles of teams too. You know, it's like uh, what you know, South Point, what they're doing with their run game was very impressive offensively. Kind of, you know, a lot of big plays there. And you look at the winner of Myrtle Beach, you could sling it around, score a lot. They shut them down. You know, West Point seemed to play really good defense and ran the ball. They scored forty on them and only gave up, you know, ten points. So they've beaten all different styles of teams lately. Playing some really good ball there. They're led by guys like Tyler Haley at quarterback, Amari Morris, running back, Eamon Smalls, Tyler, or sorry, Hunter Rast. South Point, we know their names. Zay McCrory, Jaquan Thompson, Wayman Jennerette, Caleb Kennard, uh, Kendrick, Miller, Simpson. Let's go on and on. Lots of talent there. South Point team that has been there year in, year out. Always a player in 4A. Buford kind of new kid on the block. This is a team that, you know, Drew and I talked about it Sunday. We kind of wrote it off, wrote them off when they lost to May River. You're like, oh, ah, yeah. you know, that's it, that's it for the end of a good year, maybe a first, second round playoff team. But they have really turned around lately, and they are playing just some some great football. And looking back at it, we should have known when they beat uh, Benedictine out of Georgia. That team is still playing, I think, as well in their playoffs. There's a big Georgia school there. They beat them handle. That should have been a sign for us. But I guess we didn't know enough about Georgia football at that time to know that. But those guys are playing great. And what I like about Buford right now, John. They're making big special teams plays. That's kind of a theme of the night for me here. I guess Myrtle Beach, they had a big return for a touchdown. Also had another long one that set up a late touchdown for them to get them the lead. Then last week, last week against West Florence, they had a punt block for a touchdown. So they're scoring on special teams, which is a big big part of the game here. But then you flip it over to, flip it over to South Point, they had a fumble return, 80 yards for touchdown last week against Greenville. So they're doing the special teams as well. Yeah, you know, for, for Buford, it's been incredible. You know, that May River game we talked about. And May River was a lot better than we thought they were yeah. at that time. Yeah. It was early on in the year. And it was fun watching the press conference for the state championship earlier this week. You know, one of the questions they asked, uh, and some of the questions were a little off the wall, but one of the questions was, hey, when did you, when did you know you were going to play for the state championship? Mm-hmm. Which I think is a little goofy. But I like their answer. <laughs> we didn't ask the question. Right? I, did, I, I did like the player's answer. Yeah. I forget which player from Buford it was, but he said it was after we Benedictine. Mm-hmm. And the way that he spoke, he knew, they knew how good that school was yeah. and how big of a deal it was to play them and to beat them. And to, you know, that, and you chalk that up for the coaching staff. That's such great by the coaching staff to schedule that game. And then when you win that game, you give these kids that confidence mm-hmm. and you give them that belief. Like, hey, it doesn't matter that the rest of the state doesn't think you're any good. It doesn't matter that you're in and out of the top 10 all year. We're good. And they believe that. Yeah. Um, so that I give that hats off as much to the coaching staff as the players to get that game on the schedule yeah. and give those guys that kind of confidence. Because that obviously went a long way um, throughout the season for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at Buford and what they're doing, doing, they're running the ball well with Morris. I think he had four touchdowns last week. Like I said, they're playing great defense, average, you know, allowing 13 a game. But then Haley, that kick can really get it done at quarterback as well. But then looking at South Point, i got to mention this. You know, we talk about all of Buford's great wins lately over – West Florence, South Florence, Myrtle Beach. Buford has maybe two of the best wins of the state. It's the, the, their bookend wins there. They beat Northwestern Week Zero. <laughs> yeah. 
And then last week, they beat a very good Greenville team, and that game was not as close as, as a 10-point game. I was to do that on the radio the whole time. That game wasn't that close. They really shut down Greenville, didn't let them do anything offensively. The Stallions are playing great defense as well. Yeah, and what I'm really impressed with South Point, the prior two weeks before the Greenville game even, yeah, they beat a Lawrence team that I thought, and not I, not I thought, Lawrence is a good football team. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good football team. They uh, they only lost teams to games, really close games to really good teams. Tail Hannah, Quinn, and those guys, yeah. Close games, and South Point blew them out. Yep. And then the very next week, they beat a Greenwood team that you could have told me they were going to play for the state championship mm-hmm. this week, and I would have totally believed you. Being by 10. Yeah. Um, a very good physical South Point team. And then, or a Greenwood team, rather. And we talked about South Point, how good they are offensively. And they played a Greenville team last week, and we thought last week, we were like, this is probably going to be an exciting game. It's going to be a shootout. It's a defensive battle. They, they won defensive battle, too. They made a big special teams play. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, or a big, uh, you know, fumble recovery. Yep, yep. Fumble recovery for a touchdown. You know, being able to win on defense is a big deal when you're an offensive team. Be able to win multiple ways. Um, that's a really, really good sign. And, you know, it seemed like Greenville after that AC4 game, it was the team of destiny. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to beat Greenville was a really, really big deal last week, obviously. Um, as good as Buford has played, I, I have a hard time picking against them. But it's South Point. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. They're so good. They can play deep. They can win on defense. They can win on offense. They got all kind of talent. Devontae Holland, he's he's the guy, right? Yeah. He, you know, he, he should be the – he's kind of the mentor to LeBron. So, I, I feel like I have to go South Point here. But, man, I don't, I'm not betting any money on it. It's it's the same thing. Like, you know, you, you look at, at Buford, you feel like they're playing so well. But then you look at South Point, and I'm a huge Zay McCrory fan. That this kid, if you haven't seen him play, you guys will enjoy it Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Big kid, like, can run, can sling it. And then Wayman Jenneret, you can hear me talk about him all, all season long. I love Wayman Jenneret. Very multiple plays, does some wildcat stuff for them, catches a ton of passes. I think he broke their, their single-season record a couple weeks ago. But then along with him, the, the Thompson kid and Kendrick and those guys, lots of weapons. And, and you worry you worry about Buford if they just might get overwhelmed by the weapons. But they stop, you know, they stop their team like Myrtle Beach. Maybe, maybe they're fine. I don't know. I, I don't know that anyone's got more weapons than Myrtle Beach. Yeah. You know, and um, – and they beat them there. Yeah. You know, I I got a lean South Point here just because of the, the talent perspective. And, mm-hmm. and Buford has proved it doesn't matter the talent-wise. And, yeah. Know, they beat the most talented, in my opinion, the most talented team in 4A already this mm-hmm. year. Um, but can, can they keep it going? Can they keep can one one more game? Can they do it? I don't know. I, I like South Point in this game, but I think this could be another. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a low-scoring yeah. game. I yeah. think defenses are going to – Gonna be locked in, and you know, state championship. You got a little bit of nerves, uh, more so than than normal. And I think when you have more nerves, and you, you know, you're a little more, a little more butterflies going defense. You can capitalize on that a little bit more in the offense. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go Buford, close one. All right. Look for Hunter Rast, big punt return. Put him in, good, put him in a good uh, position here to score at one point. I don't know what I'm doing with that pick, but that's what I'm going with. I'm going I like with Buford. Rashodi's got South Point in a close one. Derek Bethea, what's going on, Derek? Uh, Marvin says, hey, what's up, friends? What's going on, Marvin? Good to see you, team, man. But it'll be a great game Thursday night. We'll be down there for that one for sure. So if you guys are in town for any of these football games, definitely hit us up. We may be having a little tailgate on Friday, depending on what time we can get out yeah, there with the sure. parking and whatnot. But uh, definitely say hey to us if you see us. Love to talk some ball with you guys, man. Love to love to do that for sure, John. Before we get into 3A here, let's do a quick shout-out to our friends over at the George Agency. Open enrollment is here. 
it's a time to get your insurance figured out, guys. If you need it, uh, if you have it, uh, don't have it through your company, if you're maybe your seasonal worker or something like that, where you come to offer insurance, talk to Bradley Winrich from the crew at Georgia. So they can definitely help you out. Serving the insurance needs of Carolina for over 35 years. Or if you're a small business owner, they can help you out there to give you umbrella um, umbrella coverage for your whole whole group there. So definitely check them out at georgeac.net. That's the georgeac.net. And then our friends at Secured Advantage Federal Credit Union. They have a clear purpose to improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates and don't charge the fees other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, Security Advantage is here to offer you smart financial solutions. Join today, securityadvantage.com. Win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. So check out both our friends there for all your insurance and banking needs. A couple comments here. Uh, Ryan says, South Point QB is legit. Yes, Zay McCrory, big fan. He can really, really play. Uh, super good player there. If you guys haven't watched him, you'll enjoy that as well on Thursday night, John. But uh, let's see, Derek says, he's, he's exit out early. Uh, appreciate you, Derek. Good seeing you, man. Uh, talk, talk to you soon. Um, but, John, let's look down at 3A now, a matchup that is uh, very familiar because we just saw it literally last year, and that is the Daniel Lions taking on the Camden Bulldogs here at uh, 2 o'clock on Friday. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game, too. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about this one because of what happened last year. Uh, I know it's two different teams, but the – the problem for Camden is the guys that tore him up on offense last year, they're still at Daniel. Yep. Um, but the one thing that's interesting here, will Eli Merck at Daniel be able to play? Um, could be a concussion that he suffered Friday in the Upper State Championship. If that's the case, you don't think he plays on Friday afternoon. Um, we'll, we'll find out probably 2 o'clock. Yeah. Friday. Um, but, you know, last year, I th- they were two evenly matched teams. I think uh, – I don't know if Daniel's better than they were last year or not. I think they might have been a little bit better last year. I think Camden was definitely a little bit better last year than they are this year. But the, the big difference in this game last year was Daniel was able to t- top off the Camden defense. Yep. They threw the ball deep, and which is great. But for them to be able to win Friday afternoon, they're going to have to do the same exact thing. I was down at Zimp Stadium Friday against uh, for Camden Dillon, and I was very, very impressed with that Camden defensive line led by Xavier McLeod. Uh, I mean, they are – you talk about just – people talk about gap stuffers. Mm-hmm. That is the entire defensive line. They're, they're, and <laughs> They've got like, a great D-line. Yeah, yeah, it kind of messes with your eyes because they're both wearing black helmets. They're both wearing black pants. Like, eh, I don't know about – no, there's there's just no holes. Um, the Camden defensive line was incredible. They tackle very well. They are – Coached by Brian Rupp, uh, mm-hmm. they love that guy. They play hard for him, and they're a very sound team, especially defensively. They want to run the ball. Uh, they've got a 10th grader who was supposed to be playing quarterback for yep. them this year. He's stepped in. He's done a good job. But, um, you know, Gene's a 10th grader, and Pierman's going to be the better passer yeah. for sure in this ball game. But it's going to come down to uh, an awesome defensive line for Camden and then the passing attack for Daniel. Because yep. I don't think Daniel's going to have much success running the football, and I don't see Camden having a ton of success throwing the football. Um, it's going to be interesting to see those two play out. But that's that's going to be the two storylines and the two the big uh, fight in this game. Yeah. That Camden uh, defensive line and I believe the secondary too. Uh, they played very well last Friday against Dylan, but they didn't play against Trent Pierman. That's right. So it's going to be interesting to see that that play out. Daniel comes in comes in at thirteen and zero. Averaging 47 points per game on offense, 11 on defense, led by Trent Pierman, Chris Edge, Torrey Shaw, Elon Merck, my son Kelly, 
Clay Swinney, Brown Wallace, Lawson, Bat, Con. List goes on. Another talented team there. Camden, eleven and two. They've lost a great collegiate in AC Florida. No slouch either. One of those teams are there. Twenty-eight points offensively per game. Twelve allowed defensively per game. Why Hickman, McLeod, those guys you mentioned there. You know my my worry, John. I think that that Camden defense is probably better than any defense that the Daniel has faced. I just worry if they can score enough because you got to think. Even if Camden plays, you know, their best defensive game, Daniel's probably going to score 24, 28 points at least. And I just worry if Camden can get there. Because, you know, we talk about the Daniel defense, how well they play. I'm sorry, Daniel offense, how well they play. The defense gets overlooked. They play some great, great football, too. You know, allowing seven to Clinton a couple weeks ago. It wasn't just 20 to Chester last week. They played some, some high-powered offenses, too, and really done a great job defensively. Yeah, and they played really well in the second half. Yep. Uh, yep. Last Friday, that was a dog fight to begin with, uh, with Chester Daniel. Chester had the lead at, at one point early in the game. Um, Daniel did a great job finishing that game and, and really putting the pedal to the metal there. Um, so, in the game defense, it's great. That's their strength because that's what they're going to need, and that's what I, I don't think you can get in a shootout with Daniel. I don't know if anybody in in three could get in a shootout with with Daniel and win the game. Um, you gotta play defense. You gotta keep them low. And yeah, I, I think Dan or Camden could keep Daniel probably in the twenties. Um, but yeah, again, I don't know that Camden could score it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they gotta have some. They gotta have a little bit of magic. I think they gotta have some turnovers. But we saw Friday. They got five of them. They got <laughs> five of them. But they were they were more self inflicted turnovers by Dylan. More so than Camden, um, mm-hmm. and Camden was on the spot. They had a guy in the right place at the right time, and that's that's a big part of football, big part playing defense. Um, but this is gonna be a totally different animal playing this Daniel team. Uh, I, I'm gonna be interested to see because I think as well coached as Camden is, I think they're gonna be ready. They they know where they got beat last year. Mm-hmm. They know they got the they got to keep these game wide receivers in front at all costs. Yeah. Um, you know, we went to the Seneca game and, you know, we saw maybe third and six, third and seven, and we saw Seneca EVs playing 10, 15 yards off the receiver. Um, mm-hmm. I, unfortunately, I think for, for Camden, I think you kind of have to do that. Make them, make them drive and to, not give them the big play. You have to play off and make sure you guard against that, that big play because I think you have to trust your defensive line and say, hey, listen, we're going to put our four against their five or, you know, our – our front seven against their their five offensive line, you just got to beat them, beat them every play, and, and make sure they cannot run the ball and turn them into one dimensional. I think they can do that. Yeah. The other issue you have, Trent Peterman, he's not a statue back there either. Yeah. He can move around when you have a quarterback that can move around that adds that extra runner um, that you have to account for. I think Cannon, their defense is so good if they're going to keep them in the ball game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they played a, a somewhat similar team in Brooklyn Casey a few weeks ago. BC scored 24 on them. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I expect Daniel to be able to do the same, if not more. And Daniel's defense is probably a little bit better than Brooklyn Casey's. So I, it's going to be a great game because it's, it's going to be a really, really good defense against a really good offense. I just think Daniel's offense is a little bit – I think, honestly, I think what it comes down to, I think the Daniel defense is a little bit better than the Camden offense. Yeah, that and I makes think that's sense. what makes the difference here. I, I think you'll see – Came to neutralize that Daniel offense, unlike any other you'll you've seen all year this year, um, is that Camden offense. They yeah. don't have a Zandona. They need a Zandona. Yeah, that team is what they need. Yeah, looking back to last year, Daniel won that game fifty-two to thirty-one. 
really blew them out. You know, it was close early, but then you said they kept hitting those big passes. You know, that was something we talked about earlier this year where it seemed like Daniel was missing that explosiveness. They just didn't have it. But then they found it against Clinton, it sounds like. They found it last week against Chester. You know, you do worry, though, Eli Merck and Chris Edge, their health. You know, Edge was out a couple weeks ago, came back and played something like he hurt his knee again last week. Don't know. I don't expect him to play, but I don't know for sure. And then Merck, who knows if he's going to get to go or not. If they lose him, that's another big weapon they're going to be without. You know, I think the key for, for, for Camden, if they want to win this game, they got to shorten the game. So basically, I think when they get it on offense, they need to run it and run it and run it some more. They need to, you know, really chew that clock, give Daniel as few possessions as you can. You know, maybe hope that, you know, maybe you get up a touchdown early and maybe you stop Daniel once or twice. Maybe they panic a little bit and make a stupid play, something like that. Because I think, like you said, John, if you get into a shootout with them and if it's, even if you're, you know, if you score, but you score, in a, with, you know, within a couple minutes, that's how Daniel wants to play. Like, you, you can't yeah. start going up and down with those guys. you got to slow it down, limit their time holding the ball, and just hope that you make one more play than they do. And that's kind of the, the roller coaster they got into last year in Columbia. You know, they scored easy. They, yep. they scored yep. pretty easy. Yeah, Willis just, Lang was running all over yeah, them. Yeah, they just they – Here comes Daniel doing it again. Yeah, they couldn't <laughs> score as much. Daniel, you got you to gotta, – I agree with you. got to you know, take some air out of that ball. But I tell you what, I think – a little bit of a disadvantage, and you want to look at how Cannon can win this game, a little bit of a disadvantage for Daniel. You know, what I think is typically one of the most physical teams in Upper State year in, year out is Chapman. Mm-hmm. They didn't play Chapman. Yeah. They come across them. You know, Chester's a really good team, but they you know, kind of have flat offense, and they're playing really hot. Um, Clinton, you know, they kind of – they got the smaller offensive line. They kind of shoot around the mm-hmm. field a little bit offensively. Uh, this is going to be the most physical team they play. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just Cannon defense. Cameron's quarterback is 235. Yeah, he runs it hard. He might be he a 10th grader, but he is, he looks like an adult. Uh, yeah. And, and he, he is going to run the ball, and they're going to hit them. They're going to hit them hard. Um, you know, that Cameron offensive line, they, they, well, some of those defensive line play offensive line, too. Those mm-hmm. are big kids. They're they going to make them play 48 minutes. And, and what you don't want to get into if you're Camden or if you're Daniel, you don't want Cameron to get the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball move the chains, and then the fourth quarter comes around, and you are Daniel, and you haven't played a ton of fourth quarter games. Yep. Camden has. Yeah. And Camden's played some fourth quarter games against some really good teams like AC Flora, Dillon. Mm-hmm. Camden's ready for it. They're built for it. Daniel, it's a, not as much. Not as much. If it if it's a tied ball game or Camden has the lead going to the fourth quarter, it could be trouble for Daniel. Yeah, like I said, I think the key is they got to shorten the game you know, run the ball, and then make Daniel drive it. Like, you know, like we said, maybe back off and give him that four or five-yard pass, but don't give him the 70-yard pass. You know, give him the short one, don't give him the long one. Make them drive it, make them be patient and take the time to win. But I've got to lean Daniel here, um, maybe 10 points, 14 points. I just think that offense is too, too much, I think, for Camden. I think it's going to be a 7 to 10-point game, and the reason I say that is if Edge doesn't play, and especially if Merck doesn't play, and that actually could swing it to Camden yeah. advantage. Uh, Merck is a huge, huge weapon. He's such a big guy. He's a mismatch um, for whoever has to guard him. Uh, but if Cannon can make Daniel drive the ball, as you said, you know, I saw Dan or uh, Dylan last week. They they made Dylan Dylan make the ball. Mm-hmm. But they made Dylan snap. You know, a lot of play, long drives. When you have long drives and you got young kids, you can make mistakes. Yep. Um, so that that's one thing. One thing Cannon has to do too. They cannot have penalties. They had a ton of offensive penalties. They cleaned it up as the game went on, but early on they had a ton of offensive penalties. 
You can't get behind the sticks. Yep. You can't get behind the sticks. You got to take advantage of those offensive opportunities you have, and, and you got to got to string those drives out. It, it's going to be a fun game to watch, but I think Daniel Daniel's got the edge. It, it's yeah. Daniel's game to lose for sure, but um, they're not going to play better. De- you know, there's not another defense that they've come across. That's right. That game is 2 p.m. on Friday afternoon. A couple comments here. JD says Daniel, Daniel too much offense. For Shady says he's picking Daniel. George says defense wins the game for Camden. Tommy says Daniel by 14. JD says my son Kelly is a sleeper. He's a big time player. Ryan Franklin says the Camden DL is very good. Thinks Daniel's going to beat him with the passing attack though. George Chavis says George Chavis says I think I told you guys last week Camden Daniel rematch. Camden wins. You did say that. You did they come did in here last week that. and call and call the Camden victory. So hats off to you on that one. You were you were all over it for sure. John, let's let's look down at. What may be my favorite game of the weekend right here. You know, we thought we saw a state championship a couple weeks ago. I think this Silver Bowl team has something to say about that. And this is two-way here. We've got Gray Collegiate playing Silver Bluff in the nightcap on Friday, 7 p.m. Friday. Gray Collegiate coming in at oh, excuse me. Gray Collegiate coming in at 13 and 1. Silver Bluff coming in at 11 and 0. Two really, really Evenly matched football teams. Gray's averaging 41 per game offensively, allowing 12 per game on defense. Silver Bluff, 47 per game on offense, 8 per game on defense. John, we know about Casey Adams and what Gray can do there. But Silver Bluff has a lot of playmakers on their side as well. Yeah, and, you know, they, they score they score with anybody, and that defense is really good. Warner yep. put up some points on last They did. They did. Warner put up some points. But Silver Bluff, man, they, they are – they're nasty. I mean, that – what is a worse team to play than a Silver Bluff team? They run the ball really, really well, and they play really good defense. I yep. mean, that is the worst recipe you could have for an opponent. Um, you know, they have done really, really well. One thing I'm a little worried about Silver Bluff, you know, they played Barnwell, who played great during the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they played Troll last week, really good Troll team. Other than that, they got the bye, and then they played a bad Central team. Mm-hmm. Um, Gray, they have been tested – Every, or not, I'm not gonna say they've been tested, but they have played good competition yeah. every single week of the season. Their off, their out of region schedule was you couldn't beat it. They played Camden and Gap. They played two teams playing for state championships. They played Ridgeview <laughs> and yeah. they beat one of them. Yeah, and played Oceanside too, another good team. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and their region's a tough region. Yeah, yeah, very too late, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they, are, they have been tested, and I think Silver Bluff's good enough to play with them, but. I was thinking earlier this week. I was I was kept looking at the scoring. Gosh, thirty five twenty eight. Man, I thought they were going to be even worse than that. I thought they were going to be even worse than that. But you know what the deal is? They won the game. Yeah, and don't forget they that was the last game for Coach Strickland. They put out put out all the stops Newberry did there. They won the game, and I think when it comes down to it, I think it could be a close game. I think it could be a ten point game. But when it comes down to it, I think Gray's going to just make the plays. I, I, they are just you listen to. It. Coach Holmes talk, mm-hmm. you listen to KZ talk, you just watch how they play, how they play defensively, how they play offensively. These guys are winners. Yeah. These guys are winners. Uh, I can't go against them. Yeah, great led by KZ Adams, uh, Trey Robinson at quarterback, Riley State at quarterback. They got Harrison Johnson out wide, defense led by Tory Kelly, Zach Glenn. A lot of playmakers for those guys. You know, obviously, what you know, what you start to see some of this 2A and 1A stuff here, these guys going both ways. Um, you know, KZ plays both ways all game, so does. Tory Kelly, a bunch of other guys for them. Silver Bluff led by Dunbar, the running back, really good, really big players, a sophomore, Malik Williams, the quarterback, Dixon and Walker and McLeod. Two really, really strong teams there. Like I mentioned, or like you mentioned there, John, Gray has played a, such a tough schedule. 
I mean, out of conference was just nuts. Playing two teams who are still playing this weekend, which I mean, what nobody else has done that this year. I know that. That's that's a that's a great schedule there for them. And then you got to mention this, John. KZ Adams went over three thousand yards for the season last week. That is awesome. That's nuts. That that's is nuts. Awesome. So I believe that puts him uh, as the all-time single-season leader for South Carolina as, as far as the stats that we can find. It looks like. And the only, as far as we know, the only guy in the state of South Carolina to rush for three thousand yards in the season. Yeah, number and it's one. It's not like they're playing more games. That's right. It's been consistent. We're talking Derek Watson, mm-hmm. Demetrius Summers. Marcus Lattimore. Yeah. None uh, of them have Dan done it. Dan Manning, lots of big games. None of them have done it. And I believe he's now it. second to Summers in all-time rushing. And uh, I think he's over 7,000 hour rope where Summers is up in his 8,000, something like that. But I think this both this game comes down to both teams are going to try to establish the run with Dunmar on the Bluffs team and then KZ on Gray's team. It may come down to either whose offensive line plays better in the trenches, who can get a push up front one night. But I think we need to look at the quarterbacks. You know, Trey Robinson, the game we saw against Abbeville, very good football game. Uh, you know, he threw the ball well, but that's some big-time runs for them. We know what Riley State can do. If he comes in, he can sling it around a little bit, give, give them more of a passing option there. But then if you look at Silver Bluff, last week Malik Williams had a huge game. Uh, ran for like 180 yards, threw for another couple hundred. He had a big-time game for them. So maybe it comes down to not what KZ and Dunbar do. We know they're both going to get theirs pretty much. It may be more of what quarterback complements their guys better. Yeah, because that could be the difference. You know, if, if the running backs both get theirs, you know, they're going to bust a couple. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's third downs, you know. But, you know, as good as these teams are, you're going to have a couple drives where you get behind the chains a little bit and you got to throw the ball downfield some. Mm-hmm. And it may it very well may come down to, hey, is it great they can throw the ball downfield a little bit better a couple times? Or is it silver block? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, hey, you get these guys sucking in on that run, you pop one over the top. And then you, you back the defense up a little yep. bit. And, you know, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a good little chess match mm-hmm. on the sidelines as well on what kind yeah, of – Yeah, Coach Holmes, Coach Bryant do a yeah, great job yeah, there. Yeah, what kind of sure. play we see. Uh, but, you know, Silver Bluff has is, is done an incredible job. And, you know, we, we were so looking forward to that Abbeville great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's that's ton of storylines behind it. Yeah. But – you know, we and I think Abbeville people can can you know y'all can come on and tell us if, if y'all are watching too. The Abbeville team last year is a little better than the Abbeville team this year. Mm-hmm. I don't maybe that Abbeville team this year is not as good as the Silver Bluff team is. The Silver Bluff team is doggone good, and that was a competitive game. That mm-hmm. was a competitive game we just saw at Fairfield Central High School. Um, Abbeville is a great defense. I expect a similar kind of performance from Silver Bluff. Yeah, one thing you got to watch out for if you're gray. Is Silver Bluff starting the second half? Those guys are the kings of the second half. <laughs> you know, that first game against Barnwell, they were down 20 to 14 and a half. I think scored like the next 40 points in a row starting the third <laughs> yeah. quarter. And you look look back at the Shaw game in the playoffs, that game was 14 all at half. They ended up winning that game, what's the finals? 56 14. 56 14. So Coach Bryant said something special at halftime. I don't know what it is, but if you're great, if you've got a lead, you cannot rest against Silver Bluff in the third quarter. They're, they're going to come out fired for sure. Um, this is a game, too, John, where similar to what we talked about earlier, this may be a limited possession game as well. If both teams get that run game going, eat some clock there, it may come down to, you know, kind of like the Abbeville Gray game did, who's going to make a mistake first? You know, we saw Abbeville could have put it on the ground a couple times there, while Gray kept pushing it in the end zone every time. That'll be a, a big test there to see who can who can take care of the ball and, and really capitalize on their chances. I know Coach Holmes told us in the interview that, uh, I think in that Saluda game where they won 20-6, to they only got the ball six times. You know, if you can limit a team 
with playmakers like Casey Adams and Trey Robinson, two getting the ball six times. I mean, you got a pretty good chance to win. We know Super Bluff can score as well. I'm going to lean gray because I, I like what Casey Adams brings bring to the table. I mean, it's it, I know we said every week, the guy is probably the best player in the state, John. It's hard to go against him. Um, it's hard to go against Coach Holmes. No offense at all to you know to Coach Bryant and Trayvon Dunbar and those guys. Those guys can really play too, and they'll be back next year for sure. But I like I like Gray. I like Casey in his senior going out a champion here. I'm going to go Gray Collegiate in what might be the best game of the weekend. I'm going to go Gray as well, and I I like for this game to be a shootout. Okay. And I think so. You think they're scoring quick then with the run game? I I have a hard. I think Casey is too good of an athlete to be stopped, mm-hmm. and I think Silver Bluff. They can throw it. They can run it. They're just so good offensively as well. I think Gray's going to have a hard time accounting for that. I think they're going to be able to score as well. Uh, I think look, this game's going to come down. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to yeah. be a 7-10 to 10 point game. It could it could come down. We talk about all these teams, how they've gotten here with special teams. It could come down to special teams. And i got a comment for you on there before we hit out. Last week, Silver Bluff muffed a punt, turned into points for Barnwell. Barnwell also opened the game and recovered onside kicking at Silver Bluff. Very tight. While on the flip side, Gray returned to kickoff four touchdowns last week. Just watch out for special teams, John. Watch out for special teams, John. <laughs> watch out for special teams, John. That could be the difference. I'm going to go Gray in a close, but I think the War Eagles pull it out and win that state championship this week. I think this could be – I think this is arguably uh, – Gavin Dutch Forks, obviously really cool. It has a ton of cachet. This could potentially be the most exciting game yeah. of the weekend. Because I, I think it, it could be – it will probably be a 10-7 ball game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. I think it's going to be super exciting. The most exciting player in Columbia this weekend is going to be Casey Adams. Yeah. Um, if, if you want to see one player, go to this game yeah. and watch him play because he, he is truly special. This is the 7 p.m. Friday night ball game here. Uh, Ryan said he's going to be in there on Friday for the games. Ryan, let us know, man. Come say, hey, for sure. Tom says Bill, he's going with Silver Bluff. Terrence says Silver Bluff defense will win the game. It certainly could happen. You know, the McLeod kid is a stud over there for those guys. Rashodi says probably the best game of the weekend. He's got Gray winning. JD says should be uh, this game is going to be a great game. Thomas says yeah, a lot of Abbeville has, has a lot of young boys. They'll be uh, set for the next couple of years. Okay. Greg says Abbeville back next year. Gray has 15 seniors at his grass. And another reason I'm liking what Gray's doing there. Yeah. A lot of senior leadership there from you know the Laura kid and, and Alec Johnson and Trey Robinson, Casey Adams. A lot of senior leaders there. Tori Kelly, Zach Glenn, those guys. A lot of experience there for Gray. I'm going with uh, the War Eagles as well, John. Let's look down now at 1A, and we have Southside Christian taking on Bamberg, Earhart. This is the noon game on Saturday, John. Southside Christian comes in at 12-0. Bamberg, Earhart comes in at 14-0. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, going through these games, John, we haven't seen anybody, a, a real sleeper, make a deep run in the playoffs if we just, you know, look at the records here from across any classification, honestly. But uh, crazy to see that. I got some crazy stats here for you, John. You got to listen to this. Southside Christian averaging 44 points per game on offense. Very nice. Allowing five per game on defense. Even better. Five, John. Five. <laughs> that's less that, than a touchdown per game. That's not bad for college baseball. That's right. <laughs> five per game on defense for Southside Christian. Bamberg averaging 31 per game on offense, allowing eight on defense. So another very, another nice. very strong defense there. Southside Christian led by quarterback Jacory Martin. Last week, John, he had five rushing touchdowns and a passing touchdown. Scored six out of the seven that scored against Lamar. And just a, a blowout for them. TJ Goldsmith, a great player. The Woodfield kid. Ashton Hood. A lot of talent for the Sabres there. 
Bayberg Earhart, kind of a three-headed monster there running the ball with with the folk kid and Banks and Quincy Bias, a kid I like a lot who plays the plays. He's a really good player there. This is a game where, you know, Southside Christian trying to repeat his champions. We know they've got the talent. We know they've got the athletes. Everybody, you know, gets up and armor about this whole situation. I don't get into all that, you know, all that stuff there. But they got a lot of players. Bamberg, physical, hard-nosed defense, John. Can Bamberg pull this one out? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I, they've got an awesome defense. Yes, they do. Um, Coach Crosby does a great job down there with those guys. So do Lamar. Yeah. <laughs> so do Lamar. Um, you know, this is a super good Southside team, and, and they're, they're another team where, and it's not a surprise, a lot of a lot of teams here this weekend are like this. They can run the ball. Mm-hmm. They can throw the ball if they need to, and they play really, really good defense. Bamberg um, Earhart plays great defense. Their offense, it, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're, sometimes they're okay, mm-hmm. but the Southside offense, it's just they can do anything. Yeah. They can do anything. Um, Bamberg Earhart, super physical, but they're not quite. I just I think polished is the right way to put. It. I don't think they're quite as polished. Yeah, offensively. Yeah, I think defensively, they're every bit as good as Southside. Yeah, and you got to remember they lost their quarterback when the playoffs started. Bamberg is that's a big loss for them. Um, you know, I was super impressed last week holding C. Murray to six points. You know, C. Murray scored I think forty one or forty seven against Well Branch two weeks yeah. ago. Holding the six is a big-time performance there defensively. You know, and, and like we say this time of year, defense travels, run game travels. They have both of those. But so does Southside Christian. They play great defense. They, they've allowed the most in the game was 15, and that was to 4A Greer. <laughs> they've allowed 14 a couple times, I think, to Calhoun and then maybe C.A. Johnson in the playoffs. But 15 is their highest, and that was to Greer. Those guys can get it done on the ground into the air, and they play a very tough defense, very athletic, very physical there. I think I've got to lean – Southside Christian, and I hate to say it, John, this game might not be close. You know, we saw they did at Lakeview last year, a good Lakeview yeah, team we yeah, thought. Very good. They blew them out. Southside Christian has, a, I think, a very good shot to win back-to-back state championship this weekend. I think so, too. And unfortunately, if you flip back through the games here, I don't know if we see a blowout this weekend except for maybe in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Which it, I hope not. I hope it is. I hope not either. I hope it's a great game. Uh, you know, I, ideally – this is a low-scoring, close ball game mm-hmm. against two really good defenses. Um, and, you know, well-played, clean ball game as well, um, which very well could happen. Yeah. Very well could happen. But Southside, they are they are just – they're run different. They're just run different. You yeah. know, they are very uh, clean, well-coached. Yeah. Don't Coach Sonnenborn does a great job there. Yep. They, they don't have a ton of penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just play a really good brand of football. But, you know, Bamberg Earhart – Again, that's probably going to be the most physical team they're going to play. Lamar, same idea. Yeah. yeah. Same idea, but Bamberg, Earhart, I, I, they're better than Lamar. Yeah, I think so, too. They're better than I Lamar. I think so, too. And I think, you know, their best chance in this game is to really just, you know, make it ugly and muck it up. You know, get it into a slugfest where, like like we said for Camden, Camden against Daniel, run the ball, run the ball, run it some more, make Seth like Christian drive on you, don't let, him, don't let him hit the big play, you know, really just eat the clock up. With bias and folk and banks and those guys, that's what you've got to do if you're Bamberg. But I don't know if you can do it because the, the the talent that Southside Christian has on defense. Yeah, I mean, if you can get nasty enough and rip out the ball a couple times and, and you know make it where those guys don't want to hit you and don't want to get tackled, yeah, it could turn to a different kind of ball game. Uh, and, and if there anyone is to do that, the Southside Christian, yeah, it's this Bamberg team. Um, and and you, know, you mentioned the game last week, only giving up six to Murray. 
I was equally impressed with the week before a back to seal team that we really hadn't talked about. Yeah. But really, supposed to be the toughest competition in the lower state in the playoffs for Denver Gerhardt. Maybe even 33 to 6. Other people could sling it around, out. too. So They blew them out. So I, I, it's going to be a great test for Southside Christian. If, if they blow them out, boy, they That's uh, off to those guys. That, that, is, that is something else. That is something else. But uh, yeah, hopefully it's a great game. Uh, hopefully it's good defense. And it's going to be it's gonna be fun to see that Bamberg defense fly around out there and try to stop. Yeah, a couple comments here. Shodi says Southside Christian not even close. Um, Shodi, you were probably at that Lamar game, so I'm sure you know how, know how that goes there. J or how that went. JD says Upper State four and one this weekend. He has Dutch Fork, the only winner for the Lower State. Oh wow! Uh, Richard says who's the favorite Dutch Fork Gaffney? I saw uh, that Twitter account today. I don't even want to say their name because people don't don't really like what they do, but they do a they do weekly spreads. They had Dutch Fork as a twenty and a half point favorite. No, which give me Gaffney at twenty points all day long. Yeah, um, I bet the house win win money by Morehouse. Yes, yeah. I think we're both leaning Dutch Fork in a close game in that one, but that'll be a, a knockdown drag out fight to the end for sure. Um, before we get out of here, John, I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors again, the Georgia Agency and Security Advantage, Security Advantage Federal Credit Union. If you guys need insurance for your business, need some group insurance, or need it for yourself, personal, whatever it is, check out Bradley Wayne, Wayne Richard and the Crew Georgia.net. Been serving the career for over 35 years. They do a great job. Open enrollment is here. Definitely want to get in on that now as you can. And then check our friends out at uh, Secure Manager Federal Credit Union as well. They have a clear purpose to, for improve the financial lives of their members. They offer much lower loan rates that don't charge the fees other banks do. Whatever your personal journey, they're here to offer you smart financial solutions. Secure Manager Federal Credit Union, win at banking, thrive at life, member NCUA. So great friends there between those two. Definitely check those guys out if you need any. Uh, credit union slash banking or insurance needs here in the state of South Carolina. Um, John, you know, this is our last preview show of the season, which stinks because the season flew by. Yeah. But, but man, uh, a lot of fun to spend, a, lot, a great season. This week, we're just going to wrap it up with some great games this weekend. So I, I want to ask one thing, and I think I know the answer. Oh, God. I, I've got two questions for you, Ken. Oh, God. And it can't be the same. I'm going to ask you who your favorite player of the state was this year. Okay. And I'll ask you who your favorite team has been this year. And it can't be player and then team of that same play. They can't be the same? Because I know I know. I think what you would pick. Do they got to still be playing? No, they don't have to still be playing. Okay. I think favorite player has got to be Casey Adams. I mean, you know, what he has done has been very, very fun to watch. Um, give me a second on team. You give me your players. I think about my team. Okay. Well, boy, I didn't have... I, that, <laughs> Put you back on the spot. You weren't ready. <laughs> JD says appreciate the good work, fellas. JD, appreciate you commenting and tuning in, man. We really enjoyed uh, chatting with you guys throughout the season. Definitely uh, build it up some more. Definitely tune into our recap show panel on Sunday. If you guys uh, had listened to that, it's over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We did that. We'll come out Sunday, recapping all five of the games there. So definitely tune in there. Check us out on Twitter and uh, Instagram, Move and Change. I'm going to be INCHAINS. Same thing here on Facebook. Uh, we do interviews throughout the year. we got some interviews coming for you guys throughout the summer as well. Just check, catching up with different coaches and players. That'll be a lot of fun. And one thing, John, we're going to try to do after the game. So Twitter has a new thing called Twitter Spaces. So if you follow us on Twitter, definitely check us out. Because basically, it's like a, a group chat after a game. We can all talk. So we're going to try to get those going maybe either Thursday or Friday night. Check out some of the games. There's definitely tune in on Facebook. Or sorry, on Twitter for that here this weekend, John. But are you ready with your uh, with your player of the player of the year? Or play, your favorite player to watch of the season? So my favorite player, I'm going to give a runner-up to Nelson at AC floor. Okay. He was Townsend. In- Townsend. Town, the punt returner? Oh, the oh, oh, Lofton. 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 Chris Lofton. Chris Lofton. Lofton. <laughs> Runner up to him. Very exciting player. I, when we saw him play against Greenville, I thought, 
this kid's going to take one to the house. Yeah. Sure enough, he did it. Um, but my player, my favorite player to watch this year, Pro Franklin out of Greenville. He's a good one. That he was kid, a good one. I mean, I, I haven't seen a kid get hit that hard that much in the couple games that I saw this mm-hmm. year than he did. And, man, he just put it all in the money. Kept getting up. Uh, well-spoken kid. Great teammate. You never saw him, guys, get on anybody. Yep. You know, just cool, collective, exactly what you want in the leader, exactly what you want in the quarterback. He's my favorite player this year. Okay. Favorite team? You got that one ready? Because I, I, I've so many I like. You know, I mean, looking back at 5A, I love the Hillcrest team. They were a lot of fun to watch. I love what Will Madison did at, did at uh, Northwestern. You know, Fort D, Zoltan Osborne, a guy I hit on every week I felt like. Um, looking down at 4A, I love Greenwood. I like what those guys did there. Um, you know, hard not to like what Buford's doing. Um, 2A, you know, Gray, Silver Bluff, Abbeville, all could be in that list there. I'll tell you what I'm going to go with, uh, and they didn't make the deepest run. Actually, I'm gonna, I got a tie. I got a tie for two here. Uh-oh. Powdersville and Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> two guys. It may have helped their coaches gave us interviews that, that I'm not going to, you know, you know, no, no shame in that. But they were two two fun teams to follow that made deep runs or you know had great seasons. People maybe not have seen coming into the year for sure. Well, if I I was going to pick Powdersville. Oh man, Powdersville is going to be my pick. Um, I'll give two then as well. I want to say Powersville as well. The fact they had an undefeated regular season. Yep. Coming from literally, that was a great interview that you guys did, literally from nothing to now an undefeated regular season. And not a ton of time. I love quarterback play. Yep. Running back so much fun to watch. He's going to be good at the next level. And then my second team, I want to say Spartanburg. Okay, because he's Jeter. They got it rolling. They they just it was man. What's wrong with Spartanburg? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this Hodge coach team? And then, boy, did they turn it up at the end of the year. And they had an excellent playoff run. Ran through two of the best teams in the Midlands. I know Dutch Fort, but yeah, two of the hottest teams from the Midlands. Back to back weeks in Ridgeview and Spring Valley. Really like how they. I don't even say turn things around, but just. They just kept improving. Yep. Kept elevating. Made through the other state championship. Super proud of those guys. They they were a lot of fun to watch. They're building something special there for sure. For sure. Ryan says been fun fellas. May see y'all Friday. Yeah, definitely let us know. We'll probably post up a picture of where we're gonna be. Yeah. So definitely stop by. JD said Facebook Live be nice for Sunday. Uh we'll see. No promises on that. We'll see how that works. Um but anything else, Sean, before we get out of here for uh for some big time games this weekend. I'm talking about this week. I'm taking Friday off of work and it's gonna be all football. Yeah. Come check us out. Moving the change will be down there in Columbia. Uh, I could spend the night Thursday night. So if you guys want to you know, buy some food or drink after the game, we'll be around. You know, just let us know. <laughs> we'll just kidding, on. guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, for John Epps, I'm Kevin Thomas. This has been our state championship weekend of champions preview show here on uh, Facebook Live. We will catch you guys, I guess, next season, John. Yeah, I won't be back till next season. See you guys soon.